in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another brand new episode of the Top Ten. I am John Roca. And I am Mad Nose, and we are back for another week of movie discussion here on the Top Ten. How are you, sir? I'm good, good. You know, it's uh, heating up down here in San Diego, starting to feel that summer coming around the corner now. I know we're in April, so logically it's when you're supposed to feel it. I just wanted to enjoy the cold for just a little bit longer before it started to get insufferably hot in the house and what have you, because... We don't have central air, so the fans, we're going to have to dust off the uh, dust off the fans and bring them out into our separate rooms. So, yeah, that's my life now. How are you? Well, hopefully, you know, last couple summers have been fairly mild by Southern California standards. It's a good point. Yeah. So hopefully this is because I think it, it trails off pretty quickly. I think it's hot for the next three days or so, something like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. and then starts to recede again. <laughs> so hopefully... Hopefully that's the case. I mean, we've had a lot of rain. So, um, at different, uh, intervals, as you just said, like it starts out in certain ways and then it kind of adjusts, is, adjusts. So maybe there's some cold days coming, as you said, or maybe some rainy days coming, which always puts me in a better place, to be honest with you. So yeah, I don't know. extreme heat. And I don't know how I've survived this long in, in California because I like the cold, you know, so. I don't know. I guess it's necessary evil of being out here, you know. Um, I like the cold to a degree. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're from, well, you live rather in, in Chicago. So that's, that's real fucking cold, you know. Uh, I, I've lived in Illinois. I haven't lived in Chicago. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Illinois. Um, yeah. And like my parents lived for a long time in Colorado and I don't mind mm-hmm. going and visiting it. But at the same time, to have to deal with it day in, day out, it's yeah. completely different as opposed to I'm just here for a week. Right. Stay there for a week and be like, ah, oh, it's not so bad. You know, it's throwing a coat, making point A to point B. But when it's every day, it's like, yeah. no thanks. <laughs> uh, just because you're just shuttling from one interior place to another interior place mm-hmm. constantly. Uh, so I'll take the heat we have out here just because the winter is so mild Yeah, that I can still do stuff and get out and – uh I don't know. There's some some active nature to life as opposed to just being stuck indoors for months at a time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no bueno. But <laughs> enough with weather talk. You know oh, what I mean? Please. What do you got? Enough with weather talk. I I have nothing. Uh, <laughs> officially, uh, uh, Supreme Court Jackson was. Oh, uh, oh wow, we're going there. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm just saying. I don't know what that. That's the news of today. Right Let's before we it. started. I'm cool with it. Yeah. 53 to 47 was the final Senate confirmation. So yes. that's our new Supreme Court justice. Uh, that's a good thing. Let's see. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy for it. I mean, like, look, uh, you're bringing up. So I'm going to say like, I'm happy that in the last 14 years of our lifetime, we had a black president. We have a black vice president and we have the first black female Supreme Court justice. And really, I'm even more excited to have a black 
Supreme Court justice wasn't beholden to a cult leader sitting at the on the highest court of the land. So I'm very happy uh, for that. Um, and, you know, all the craziness that's been going on in the world and all the good feelings like, oh, my God, what's the point? Here's uh, uh, yet another example of how um, there is a desire here to do something better, to create something better in this world. And hopefully in the end, it will yield some positive results um, down the road, you know, to balance things out. So I'm very, and she's incredibly qualified, you know, and they tried to make something out of those child pornography cases, which is really stupid and short-sighted. And a bunch of lawyers came forward and said, I mean, established lawyers said it was ridiculous. Yeah. The same individuals voted her. Oh yeah. For the highest court, not named the Supreme Court a year ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this was all just grandstanding show for the upcoming midterms. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's just, it's part of the grandstanding of politics. It's unfortunate yeah. that she was caught in the crossfire of re-election campaigns, but that's precisely what happened. And it's a shame, dude. We used, I, I, I don't think it used to be this way. I mean, that, we've been around, you and I have been around for a while and I don't, I don't remember it being this divisive so and, overtly. In our lifetime, no. Do I think it's yeah. been this divisive in the country's history? Undoubtedly. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, the civil war. <laughs> I will point you to yeah, say more. <laughs> you know, we were almost torn asunder. Yeah, true, true. So, and there have been uh, I read a, it was like a year ago and everybody was having this sentiment and there was a study that came out and be like, look, this isn't the worst that it's been. And there's a breakdown of the contentiousness of over the years yeah. when this has happened in Congress where they've just been fully deadlocked on both sides and it's just a middle finger to each opposing party without listening to what the other's saying. It's happened before yeah. and it's going to happen again. Hopefully we sail right through this and we get to a more, you know, bonhomie congenial time in yeah. the, the next few years. And then I think it's just ebb and flow, but uh, you know, congrats to her and her family. Yeah, There's absolutely. a, I'm sure that wasn't a fun process to go through. Even if it was going to be a breeze of a, a confirmation, it's still the amount of stress and everything. Yeah, and I just love how, I love how these, this idea of them grabbing onto, well, certain people rather, not them, certain people grabbing onto this idea, well, he, she couldn't define a woman. Well, now these people have been saying that are getting questioned at their press conferences about what is a woman. And it's like, oh, like the, I think it's Holly, Josh Holly was like, they asked him, what's a woman? He's like, a woman is a, a person who can make babies. Well, what happens when a woman can't make babies? Well, they're still a woman because they have a uterus. Well, what if they're, or uh, yeah, what if they have a hysterectomy and have it removed because of the, well, they're still, uh, they can be, and so it's like, oh, she's a vagina. Well, you know, what about hermaphrodites? Which way are we going? And so it's just a fascinating thing that these, of course, think it's such a simple fucking concept and it really isn't. Um, you know, and, right. and I love that. I love that they're getting called out on this made up bullshit because they had nothing else to hang on her. Absolutely nothing. So they fabricated something out of thin air, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was, I, I don't, I, entertainment wise, I don't think there's a whole lot of news for today well, that I, Ezra Miller thing. What's your thoughts on that, man? WB is pausing some of the projects mm -hmm. on Ezra because, uh, Ezra's, yeah, <laughs> kind of doing shit that it makes them go, Hey, 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 hey easy there, fella. Slow it up there. Guys. Easy there, fella. Whoa, big daddy. Whoa. Well, and I, yeah. the, the fact of the matter is, be one thing if you already had Flash and it was a runaway success. Right. 
right? And right. you're acting like this, and they're kind of beholden to you to do another one. But it's like, right. dude, you haven't gotten to the degree where you know you're not Russell Crowe post two Oscars when you throw a phone at somebody. Yeah, right, right. You haven't gotten the two Oscars yet, so you can't throw phone. And I'm not justifying him throwing phones, yeah. but he also got to a level of fame where he's constantly being hounded by paparazzi, and he just snapped. Right, and just like you're not handling the modicum of success that you've had so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How in the world are you going to do if this thing were to blow up and you become a huge star? Great point. Yeah, and then we're going to hang an entire series on you? Two. That seems, yeah. Fantastic Beasts and the Flash stuff, yeah. Well, is Fantastic Beasts a I mean, big he's series? A big, I mean, he's a big part of it. He is, and that's, that's the reason we're, why we're doing today's show. Yes, true. Jude Law for the new Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. Uh, but when you say Fantastic Beasts... He what is he like the fifth name you think of? I suppose you're right. I suppose you're right because I do think right. Newt's uh, Eddie Redmayne. It we written then, yeah. And I thought, and I think Queenie and Kowalski yeah. Jacob. Yeah, and exactly. Then, now Jude you know, Law, and then the love Law. interest for Eddie Redmayne. Yeah. So maybe he's the sixth or seventh name. I think exactly. And then now I'm like, well, yeah, but then there was Colin Farrell and Johnny Depp. Right, right, right. And I think of them before I get to, and then maybe I get to Ezra Miller. Even though he's an integral part of the first two movies, and certainly I saw the third movie, he's a, he's a part of the integral part of the third movie as well. I agree with you; he's not the name that sticks out for me, and he's never been. Yeah. To be honest with you, like people, are, oh, you got to see him in Perks of Being a Wallflower. I'm like, I don't know. Just, uh, I don't that movie's know. actually really good. Yeah, I just thoroughly recommend that one. Okay, right. that is my favorite performance of his, but I don't have uh, much to stack up against. Okay, yeah, I mean, I like him as the Flash. I think he actually is really cool as the Flash. That's the that's the sad part of it. I actually really do enjoy his portrayal of Barry Allen. Um, the thing is he's doing this or he's getting caught up in all this shit right when they're about, right when they finish doing his film and the film itself opens up a multiverse, which means they have the excuse to replace him by bringing mm. in another flash. And there's already these, um, petitions that are going around Matt to get Grant Gustin from the TV flash to replace him as a multiverse thing. In the main universe timeline of the DCU. So it just sucks that the two comic book franchises are both doing multiverse. I know, right? Yeah. It's like, God damn it. This is the worst of two volcano movies or two asteroid movies coming out at the same time. Now we're going to have an entire franchises built around the exact same premise. Yeah. I mean, it's it, for, for comic fans. I imagine it's great for. Most of the public, I imagine, they're like, like, okay, I gotta build a fucking, uh, cork board or I gotta have a, some kind of poster board or I'm putting in who's where and what. Yeah. You know, but they're what. both doing the exact same thing. There's yeah. no differentiation between the two. And it's not as though, I don't know. It did, even when they rolled this out in comic books, it yeah. wasn't like a more often than not a simultaneously. We're both doing our big crossover mm-hmm. events at the exact same time using the same plot device. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's just, it's unfortunate that that is the way it worked out. And I'm not saying that either of them is trying to copy the other or anything because right. they both had these as pre-existing ideas and they're both good storylines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think right now these, uh, Marvel's probably more committed to it. Whereas if DC, if it flops at all, maybe they retack and do something else. Whereas Marvel is full bore. Yeah. Everything is tying into this. Um, yeah. Yeah. That is, at least I'm assuming everything is going to be tying into this next phase. Right. Right. 
Yeah, I'll be intrigued. Are you liking Moon Knight so far? I am. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm a big fan of the, you know, I got the comic book sitting right behind, I got comic books sitting right behind me. I, I'm a massive fan of Moon Knight. Been away, been that way for a while. Um, you know, sometimes you can get arrogant as a fan. Like, I'm going to find that indie band and I'm going to really love that indie band. And mm-hmm. for me, that's what Moon Knight's always been. It's like that indie character that no one really knows that much about. I used to be that way about Hellblazer too until, you know, the movie came out and all this kind of shit. Not a lot of people were collecting Constantine books or Hellblazer books, and those were great, you know. And so, but with Moon Knight, I was like, okay. So I wasn't sure how they were going to approach it. And the truth is, there's no definitive run for Moon Knight. So yeah. writers and creators and uh, of these Moon Knight runs have like taken liberty with the um canon or with the mythology of the character. And so for me, I like what they're doing here. It's a it's a new role that Oscar Isaac has never played. That kind of uh, nebbish, low status character who's constantly unsettled by everything. So it's nice to see him stretch as an actor. Uh, and I like the second episode, but I, we're at the point now where I need to see something big because, uh, yeah, let's get to it. Yeah, let's get to it. Right. Exactly. Right. We, there's only six episodes. Yeah. We've only done two. We've done we, two of the exact same episode. Yeah. It's <laughs> a good point. So we've had two hours of the exact same, uh, am I going to do this? Am I not going to do this? Am I going to do this? Am I not? I'm just like, please get, get the fucking something. <laughs> Cause six episodes, that's not a lot of time compared to other series yeah, yeah, where yeah. you can slowly roll out a more complex idea. Yeah. 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 Um, but you know, I hope it ends up well, but right now I'm like, it's been okay so far. Mm. At least it's unique. Yes, right. It's not necessarily tied into the overall MCU or needs to be at this point. So it's yeah. kind of it's allowed to breathe a little bit more. And it's got its own mythology that it's using, and yeah, so that's cool. Uh, trying to to blaze its own path. Mm. Uh, do you do you think uh, Shannon over at the Nerd Pals? He 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 said to me, "Is I think dark dudes, both, yeah." This, <laughs> Dork dudes. The dork dudes, yeah. That they had to be, do you think it would have worked better if both of those episodes had dropped on the same night? Do you think you'd have feel possibly felt more satisfied? Yeah, it? well, or would two hours straight of the exact same action over and over again? Yeah. I mean, to build up to the anticipation of this one, I was like, okay, you know, they've laid the groundwork, but it was more a struggle of, let me take over. No, I can't let you take over. I need to take over. And it was like, a, the, the, Second episode ends the exact same way the first one does, where he yeah. finally can't do it anymore, and he has to take let the body, the interior presence, whomever that is, yeah, take over, and he gets cast to the shadow realm. Or yeah, right. But yeah, I don't know. I'm hoping episode three actually finally breaks it open because I was looking forward to it. It's like, oh, this would be interesting, mm-hmm. something different, and mm-hmm. it's only six episodes, and then we got Obi One right after that. So th- nice. Yeah. Shit. And Ms. Marvel. Oh, yeah. In the corner as well. And then Doctor Strange, which is literally less than a month away. Um, yeah, that seems crazy. I mean, tickets went on sale yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. I think my screening is like two days before it comes out. I don't think they're doing screenings like real early, except for like the big press, you know? So sure. I'm hoping it's a good film good experience i'm a little nervous about it to be honest with you because they released the runtime it's only two hours and four minutes or five minutes and that seems like all the shit you're showing in the trailer do you think two hours is enough time to really do everything and give it its proper due 
So I have my hesitation. I know. I mean, because now movies are more prone to being two and a half to three hours. Yeah. Because otherwise it's like, well, why not just put it out on streaming? You need to make it an event Mm. in order to justify people paying the money to go out to a theater. So the spectacle is part of what's strong people in. Yeah. yeah. So we're like reverting back to depression era cinema (laughs) logic. (laughs) But it's true because otherwise you can just, I can sit at home and I don't need to, to spend the money or the time. I'll see it in a month and a half. Yeah. I don't run a YouTube channel. I'll see it in a month and a half. Yeah. Um, regular folks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine with, you know, do I think the premise could extend to two and a half hours and I'd be fine with that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I do. But I mean, Batman wasn't even launching a universe necessarily. It just was a Batman story and that was three hours. Yeah. And I think honestly, they, they, they probably could have cut the Madison Square Garden stuff. Yeah. That seemed like the stuff that was a little, it was technical. It, it was like, fine. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying it was bad for the movie, but it's like, if you want to end right there and then he goes to Arkham. Yeah. And we close on that perfectly fine. Yeah. Yeah. Perfectly fine. That's an excellent movie. Still an excellent movie. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think it's the, we need to justify, make it a huge spectacle. Yeah. Keep people out, keep people talking, buzzing. You know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, but yeah, Moon Knight, I really hope it revs into gear sometime soon. Yeah, it's only got four episodes left. That's crazy to think about, you know. Um, yeah, but I like what Oscar Isaac's doing. I like Ethan Hawke being, I, and I like the girl, Mia Kalamaui. I thought she's was a nice addition here, and she's not that experienced in terms of on-camera acting. So to go toe-to-toe with Oscar and Ethan, it's asking a lot of a young actress, and I feel like she's holding her own really well. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what the next four episodes give. Yeah. Give us. I mean, we haven't seen much of her, but she yeah. did a fine job in episode two. So, yeah. Are you watching uh, Winning Time? Are you watching Winning Time? Have you caught up? On I, I'm not caught up on this week's just because Catherine and I are watching it together and oh, okay. uh, she's been gone this week. Is she joining? I, I was surprised that she'd want to watch it. Is she enjoying it? Uh, I think, well, I think it's an entertaining story, whether or not she gets sucked into the, cause I have to, exp- I, take it upon myself every once in a while to explain yeah. certain things that they gloss over and be like, well, the reason this is this. <laughs> and then just, I try and get in and get out quick because I don't yeah. want to disrupt the flow. Right, right, right. Um, and sometimes they're like, oh, you know, or an episode ends and be like, okay, well, you might see chatter about this section if you yeah. see it at all because of X, Y, or Z. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, she's into that. There's that new Gary Oldman show. I've seen the first couple episodes of that. Oh, yeah, Slow Horses. Yes. It's not bad. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Intrigued yeah. to see where that go, uh, goes. I haven't started Tokyo Vice yet. That start that drops Friday, I think. Is it so, Friday? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, she yeah. gets back today so we can – because I got to catch up on Dropout. Oh, and dropout. We Crashed. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a couple other things. Yeah, yeah. Dropout is so good. It ends good. Uh, I'll be curious to hear your thoughts on the finale. And, um, yeah, and I'm enjoying We Crashed. Obviously, we're reviewing it over there at the HCA, so it's fun to watch that one. Um, and I'm trying not to binge it because obviously we got the episodes ahead of time, but I'm trying to watch them week per week so I can get that experience of reviewing it without having, like, without being tainted. Yeah. About having seen all the episodes ahead of time. So I'm like kind of, I can review it more naturally, more purely. Um, for the channel or else I would have blazed through them by now because I do enjoy the show and I like the performances from 
Leto and Hathaway in that. I'm movie. surprised. I thought after the first episode, I was like, man, Leto is taking another swing and a miss and I'm actually enjoying. And then Hathaway from. Oh yeah. The last episode I haven't seen this week's. Yeah. And she plays the delusion so well. It made me question as to why she took the part just because yeah. it makes her seem so unlikable. And you're like, God, that's good acting. Yeah. Uh, it's a good challenge for her too. Cause she's, you know, she's a good actress, obviously, and she's been awarded with an Oscar, but this is someone who's not that likable and she's walking that line between being unlikable and then you kind of understanding where the genesis of this unlikability is coming from and what was going on in the past that has kind of motivated her to be so desperate to be a part of this. So it's a fascinating, uh, journey you're going on as an, as a viewer, as you're watching this and putting things in context. Some of her unsavory yeah. behavior, for lack of Yeah, that. I wouldn't say she's unlikable. I think mm. she has a reputation amongst moviegoers oh, of potentially right. not being liked. Of being a theater kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which I've never had a problem with. You know? Yeah. She's always been good. Uh, I've always enjoyed her. Um, But I have seen comments of people, you know, you make your I, snap decisions on celebrities. Yeah, sure. Uh a dropout is, but that's my favorite of them all right now. Why didn't I watch the first of uh, Super Pumped and I couldn't stand it? What is that? I don't even know what that is. What's Super- that's the uh, Uber, Uber with Joseph oh. Gordon-Levitt. You know, I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt is not a lead at this point. Oh, strong statement. Okay, what's the last thing he led? Five hundred days of summer that you liked, like fifty-fifty. Yeah, I didn't see Don. John or whatever. No, it was. neither did I. Yeah. It's but cool. I tried to watch that Mr. Corman show or whatever and I saw. Oh God, that was terrible. Dude, it's, I, I was rooting for his life to go bad. I'm like, yeah. what, am, <laughs> what, what are we, what is this? What are we making here? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I felt bad for the other dude that plays his roommate because I like that guy. Yeah. 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 And I want to see him to continue to have shots and you're like, fuck, that sucks that you were in this because this isn't going to really affect. Gordon Levitt, more than likely, in the short term. Yeah. Oh, Snowden. I liked him in Snowden. I thought okay. he was good in that. Uh, yeah, I just... The night before? I liked the night before. But I hear you. Like, for the smaller films, he works. For the bigger stuff, for the TV series stuff, maybe he's not as interesting to follow. Yeah, because Corman doesn't really work. No. Yeah, it's no. terrible. Yeah, like I tried it, and I was like, "Oh, because because I like to." I mean, Peacock's a new streaming service, so I was well, relatively new. So I'm like, "Okay, let's try." Like, I didn't like I didn't like the fucking AP Bio one either with Pat Oswalt. I tried that. I was like, "This is fucking stupid." Like, and then I haven't watched Abbott Elementary yet. Oh no, wait, that's Hulu. Sorry, I uh, watched the first of Abbott. Yeah, did you like it? I didn't, but at the same time, comedy you need to give them more. Yeah, 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 right, right. They have to establish, you gotta figure out how you're writing for the characters and the voices of all of them. And it takes yeah. a little bit more. I mean, look at the office season one versus mm. season three or four. Like Michael Scott's character in season one is completely different than yes. season two and everything going forward. Cause they've eventually figured out how to write for that character. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So after episode one, I was like, I, it made me somewhat smile. I didn't ever laugh. Yeah. I thought a couple of the characters were just pure stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does really well. So I think maybe if you gave it enough episodes, it would grab you. Yeah. Single uh, drunk female just wrapped up. 
I can't recommend that enough to anybody. Who's I think Catherine it. watched that one. It's so good. And then I tried the Craig Robinson one. Didn't like it. Don't even know what that is. What yeah, it it's is? one. He, it's um, he's a guy who's got a kid, and and he's not. I mean, like, a, he's it's a divorced father. He's a divorced father, and he's trying to pitch this um prod product, but then he gets fired as a security guard at the bank. And he's desperate for money, so he becomes a guy who hunts snakes with this Australian actress. And it just wasn't funny. He's funny. I like Craig. I think Craig's got a great fucking energy. Mm-hmm. And he's so great on Brooklyn Nine-Nine when he does his uh, recurring characters and, of course, in The Office. But I've not seen any show where he's the lead where it works. So I don't know what what is missing there for him that they can't quite put a show together where he – it works for him to be the lead of the show uh, overall because the show's constructed well. Yeah. This one didn't is. even know that show existed. Yeah, it's on it's on Peacock as well. And then the other one with uh, uh Chris Red and all them working in the yeah this casino. I tried that and I was like, mm, this is no good either. So, uh, yeah, I haven't seen that one. Hmm. Trying to think what else. Severance slowly working through. I like it, but it's just like I got to be in the right mood for it. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a great point. It's a lot, so you have to be in the right place. Yeah, there's certain nights where we've both been like, not tonight. <laughs> it's not a knock on that. It's just you have to pay attention. Yeah. It's almost like subtitles. Um, But I think that the opening, because they change it by episode two, once you understand the premise of the show, that opening is stellar. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I always appreciate that about show when they really get themselves and they can deliver. It's like Game of Thrones with the map and you see all the different stuff. Oh yeah, right. Like, yeah, there's all the. It show, but it shows you like here are the, the locations of where we're going this season, yes. and it changes from season to season. Yep. And you get little peeks as to what the makes up those worlds, and be like, okay, that's that's an interesting way yeah. to kind of give us the geography um, without having to browbeat us and explain it in every episode. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, absolutely. All right. But anyway, um, anyway. <laughs> should we get into our, yeah, let's do it. Okay. All right. We're, uh, we're doing, uh, here to the top 10 Jude law movies today in honor, as Matt mentioned earlier of fantastic beasts, the secrets of Dumbledore coming out. And, you know, I did my review on my channel. Uh, all I'll say is this, he is a huge part of the movie. He is a, he's really the central part of the movie, him and, Matt's Mickelson and their relationship. So it's the title absolutely connects to uh, what you're going to get in the film. So doing top 10 Jude Law movies makes a lot of sense uh, for us. So okay. uh, there we go. So uh, Matt, how does the show work? Uh, let me ask you this. If you haven't seen the second one all the way through, does that impede being able to watch this one? Uh, I don't know that I'm going to see this one, but I turned the second one off. Yeah, the second one's terrible. The only thing you need to know if if you don't mind having it spoiled, is that Queenie joins Grindelwald's cult and Grindelwald is taking advantage of the fact that him and Dumbledore had a previous uh, sec, uh, romantic entanglement. Yeah, entanglement, so lack of a better word. Uh, and they carry a kind of amulet or a thing mm. that keeps them mm-hmm. from attacking each other because they've made a spell to not fight each other. Okay, so that's what that thing is. Yeah, and that's basically what you need to know. 
um, about it because Newt and Tina didn't have that much to do in the second one. And then of course you find out, um, who Ezra Miller is in the bloodline of, um, of the film, like who he's related to of the characters in the movies, in the franchise. Okay. So that's what you find out. And then, in, but you watch the third one, all of that kind of pretty much gets explained. So I think they knew that people weren't like not happy with that second one. And so they have an opening scene where everything is a back and forth where it gets revealed, uh, between Mickelson and, uh, Jude Law. So, so you should be good if you go see it. It's, and it's better than the second one, dude. I'll tell you that. It's not it's that not much, much better, though. but it's better. Yeah. It's not saying much. Yeah. And I didn't care for the first one at all. Mm. So. Yeah. Just so weird. You made a bunch of movies that we all agree are really good. And now yeah. it's moved on. It's just, it's unwatchable at this point. Mm. That's a shame just for me. So they got to get her off the fucking thing. She's a terrible screenwriter, JK Rowling. She's mm. fucking horrible. And Steve Cloves came in and did a better job with it. But overall, the foundation is still J.K. Rowling's writing. And there's a reason they kept her away from the fucking Harry Potter films uh, and had other people write those things because they understand how to write for the screen. This is a hubris from her that is fucking unearned and because she's never written a good screenplay before. And uh, I don't get – and I imagine because she has the power that she forces WB – hundred percent to use her as the writer and she 100%. makes the money. Yeah. Yep. It's so a fucking shame. Oh, well, it's her baby. Nobody else is going to write her baby. And right. She's earned that right. I guess and these things are still making money, so they're not going to complain too much, but why not be smart, sit back, get better writers and you'll get the money anyway. Who's the a better the- writer than quite possibly the most profitable author in modern history. <laughs> well, better screenwriter. I'll say this because she's not profitable screenwriting wise. Well, I guess yeah, she, she is, is but technically not creatively profitable, I guess I would say. Well, according to the snooty critics. Yeah, that's right. The snooty. But the move, the fans vote with their dollars and the fans are saying it's good enough for us. That means those Transformers films were well written. That's what we have to Yeah. Consider. And Morbius. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Ah, that's thing. Yeah. It made 40 million. It made, it made money. money. It did. So ultimately that's all that matters. That's <laughs> so true. So true. Um, um, all right. So all we're right. going to do Jude Law. I do a bunch. He does a bunch. Then we combine our list. There it is. Good. Well said. Thank well you. Said. Uh, all right. Um, so my 10, I've got I heart Huckabees. Oh, interesting. Okay. Nice choice. Go ahead, man. So is it 10? Cause he's got a smaller part in it. It's an ensemble piece from David O. Russell. Yeah. Uh, you got, uh, Dustin Hoffman, Lily Tomlin, Mark Wahlberg. Uh, obviously Jude Law, Naomi Watts. Is yes, that Naomi it? Watts. Yes. Uh, is Catherine Keener in this? Catherine Keener. No, she's not. I don't think so. I can't remember who else. Anyway, so it's a huge ensemble cast. And if I tried to explain the basis of the plot, I think yeah. I would lose every person here. <laughs> Cause you gotta kind of see it to That's really, good, <laughs> well, it just, Hoffman and basically yeah. the, the Hoffman and Lily Tomlin like run a, a spiritual. Yeah. I don't want to say detective agency. That's not right. No. Like, uh, they're spiritual gurus. Yeah. yeah but it's yeah. not like they're looking for spirits. It's more to work on your shot, your chakra and your aura and all that, but yes. they don't use those words. Uh, and anyway, it's a, it's a weird and yet somewhat somehow compelling 
mm. movie. And then when you look at the rest of David O. Russell's stuff, it kind of stands out. Yeah. Cause it's the only one that doesn't deal in more concrete. Uh, you know, uh, usually his stuff is like the fighter. Yeah. Right. Um, or American hustle, or it's like, that's yeah. a David O. Russell, three Kings. Yeah. Three Kings. Um, whereas this is, I don't know. It's more playful. Then, and the funny thing is, it it could be the most contentious set he's ever had that we oh. know of, at least. Yeah, if you watch those, um, you watch yeah, those the, behind the scenes uh, conversations. Him and Lily Tomlin. Yeah. 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 Yelling at him when she's sitting in the car, and then having a full on screaming match when they're in some yeah. sort of office, and Dustin Hoffman's just kind of sitting there. Yeah. It's it's crazy. It's super crazy. But I mean, you know, George Clooney's got a good one from uh, Three Kings set where he. Threatened to clock David O. Russell? Yes. Yes. For talking down to an extra. Yeah. It was like an extra or a gaffer or somebody lower on the totem pole. Uh, so O. Russell's got a little bit of a history mm. with all this stuff. I wish I could explain I Heart Huckabees better to you, <laughs> but I think you really just need to see it. Yeah. It's something to be experienced. It's a weird film and it's certainly not for everybody. No. Um, but I think everybody in the film is challenged in ways that they've, they've not been challenged in any other movie in their careers. And Wahlberg is a really fascinating part of the movie. Jude Law is great, of course, obviously, but Wahlberg is also an interesting part of the movie and what he's tasked with doing. Mm. You know? And this was still when Naomi was considered a kind of burgeoning lead as a female lead in Hollywood. So she's bringing I think that she up. still is. No. I think we all agree she has she's a movie an excellent actress. Weekend. Have you seen her in it? Did you hear anything about it? She has a lead movie this weekend. I loved it. <laughs> it was great. It was amazing. You don't know the name of it. You don't know the fucking premise. How dare you? <laughs> don't look it up. Of course. Look it up right now. My hands are right here. All right. You would see me type. Here Show is my hand. keyboard. Show I cannot up. look up anything. <laughs> you know, there's no, I, you will see me. There is no Googling happening because that is literally the keyboard right there. Uh, what's the name of the movie? Do you remember? Dude, define yeah. a woman for me. How dare oh you God. try and turn this back on me? <laughs> we're not talking about me. We're talking about yeah. you. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right? I feel gassed. So don't you spend your inadequacies onto me. Don't project them yeah, on fair. this way. All right? Totally fair. Anyway, loved it. Yeah. Two thumbs yeah. up. <laughs> I kind of want to see it because it's a mountain climbing movie, and I think both of us like mountain oh, that's climbing hers. Movies. Okay, for sure. Yeah, yeah I've seen Infinite the poster. Storm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the fact that I haven't heard anything about it does not. Yeah, I love mountain. If there's a good one, and also when they're bad, I hate them. Yeah, right. Because it's wasted potential of a oh, good it's premise. The worst. Yeah, yeah. The Vertical Limit is one of the worst <laughs> movies I've ever seen in the theater, bar none. I fucking hate that movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then Everest, I think is excellent. Everest is good. Yeah. 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 It's another crack at the John Krakauer, yeah. you know, into thin air book. Yeah, right. Uh, but there have been several others. K2, huge fan of K2. I like K2. Yes. Into yeah. the Void. I thought Into the Void was good. Into the Void's good. And there's a, a million documentaries. I just watched oh, Free yeah. Solo again, uh, like a couple weeks ago. We gotta watch it. We keep meaning to watch it. We've never watched it. Maybe we'll watch it on Sunday. Just fucking sit in the afternoon and watch it because I want to see that. It's nuts. I hear it's great. Yeah, I wish I'd seen it in IMAX. <sighs> yeah, yeah. To watch somebody scale El Cap 
<laughs> without any kind of safety harness. It's yeah. nuts. It's insane. Yeah. You saw the, the premise of this one is as an experienced climber, Naomi Watts, the character ascends Mount Washington. She turns back before she reaches the summit as a huge blizzard approaches. But on her way down, she encounters a lone stranded man, takes it upon herself to get them both down the mountain before nightfall arrives and they succumb to the storm. It's based on a true story. So, but I don't recognize anybody in the cast other than her or the director. So I'd be curious to see it. I think the fact that I'm the only person you know that's seen it (laughs) (laughs) isn't a good sign. I mean, I see everything that she does. So. You do. I know you do. You're right. You're a big, big Nami watch. Huge. 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 Let's see. Does it have a rating here? Five point, 55% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's not good. That's not good. So that's a shame. And the audience score is 55% as well. That is really not good. Yeah, she's so, not bankable anymore, man. Nobody goes to see Nami Watts films, dude. No. Really though, I think Rotten Tomatoes was getting a little harsher. Yeah. That it's been in the past couple of years because it used to be Metacritic was yeah the really brutal. And if you could crack like 70 on Metacritic, that means you yeah. had a good movie or a good TV show. And uh, yeah. they've been more generous as of late to movies that Rotten Tomatoes have just given full on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Right on. Like I think Morbius is in the 30s for Metacritic. Whereas on Rotten Tomatoes, it's like 16 or something ridiculous. Wow. Okay. Something like that. But there was a few examples lately. I'm like, wow, I don't, man, Rotten Tomatoes used to be like pretty on the money for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think more people are, as they're allowing more people to come be a part of um, Rotten Tomatoes, Mm -hmm. uh, I think you're seeing harsher criticism of certain things uh, overall, people's personal biases and what have you coming through? And that may be why. And you know what? I'm, I'm not, I don't have a problem with that. I, I like it. I like a film to be a, a, and I think this is why fans are turning a little bit on critics and Rotten Tomatoes and all this because they're like, it doesn't, you, you can't tell me what to watch, you know, and, and there are still some, I mean, it's incredible. There are still some critics who tell you not to go see a movie. And I've always been antithetical. Well, not always, but like since I got in this business, I've been antithetical to that because there are plenty of movies that you like that other people are not going to like and vice versa. And so to tell someone not to go see it, I think is a mistake. Your review should be telling you to see it or not see it. That should be enough. You to overtly say it, I think is a, is a mistake in my opinion. Yeah. Hmm. I, I, I agree with you, but every person is different. So maybe in their viewership, they're just asking point blank, should I see this? Shouldn't I? And that's right, what they're right. known for. So it's like, go see it. Don't go see it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know what you're saying though, but it's also fan backlash is to when critics don't like a movie that they've been fanboying over. Oh yeah. True, 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 true. Nobody's doing this for things <laughs> that aren't pre-existing properties that didn't have hype built up around them. Yeah. That's a good point. So yeah. Yeah. You know, nobody did this for the Duke. It's like, how dare you not give that a glowing praise? The Duke of a It's a, it's a, it's a good movie. The fact yeah. that it's like a 96 or something, I think is wildly excessive. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think it's more like a 70, low 70s. Enjoyable, worth your time. Right. 
but I guess on Rotten Tomatoes, it's either would you recommend it, wouldn't you? Right. When it boils down to. So would you recommend the Naomi Watts film? Is that what you're, you're saying? You're... Dude, I told you two thumbs up, buddy. All right. Sorry. Two thumbs up. All right, let's move on to my nine. Yeah, please, because that is a long for a ten. That was uh, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. Oh, that's all you, bro. Go ahead. <laughs> Honestly, it would, I like it because they took a gamble. They made a choice. Oh, they took a gamble, all right. Yeah. And I think his parts are really good in it. I buy him as the Sky Captain. Okay. Um, It's an interesting world kind of almost post world war 1 hey if you had to guess what a future world war would look like and you're yeah, using yeah. like future tech yeah and the you still have the specter of they're not nazis but think nazis right and the nazis get this kind of super tech thing so it has this 19 for or this art decoy type of vibe i guess that'd be mm-hmm. earlier closer to the 20s yeah yeah to the overall like it has a noirish feel but it's all done in black and white. They've just created, they've world built an entire world. Yeah. They come up with new machinery and, uh, political interactions. And you got him and Gwyneth Paltrow yeah. and Angelina Jolie and, oh, oh yeah, I forget Jolie's in that. Yeah. Yeah. She's his former love interest yeah. who's also like a pilot or something. Uh, and Paltrow's his newest, but, uh, anyway. It's good casting, Matt, because all three of them look like they could totally live or have been stars in the 1930s and mm-hmm. 40s when this kind of, these kind of movies were made. Yeah, I think for what it's aiming for, like I appreciate that it took all the swings that it took. Yeah. Does enough. it land all of them? No, I don't think it's ultimately like the most successful movies, but I applaud the the attempt. Yeah. Yeah. And the uniqueness of it, because you could have come out with another just cookie cutter generic uh, oh, uh, positing from that same era of what the future war would be like. But I think given the noirish nature of it, still keeping in the art deco and all the futurism that they're trying to project from the idea of a previous yeah. onto what a future war would look like. Uh, I don't know. I just find it interesting. I have watched it a couple different times. Hmm, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Do I think it's an excellent movie? No. Right. But I also excluded a few different Jude Laws because his part is so small. Okay. And I was like, I, I want something with a slightly larger part. Okay. Um, that's your list. So it ends up, it was my number nine. Fair enough. Okay. What's your eight? My eight is, uh, Captain Marvel. Oh yeah. Great choice. That's my 10. Nice. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, you said that like you forgot for a half beat that it exists or something. <laughs> no, I just, oh, the, oh yeah. Like, uh, I, I thought it was going to be higher on your list. So respect. Um, I think it's a more successful movie than the previous two. Yeah. Yeah. It's better uh, than it's, people think. It's better than people think. Having gone back to see it as a third time, it's actually a lot better than people think. And I like him in that movie a lot. Yeah, I think he's great in it. The weird thing is I think Alison Brie is miscast. Wow. So you're in that camp. Okay. I think she's an excellent actress. But do you think she's good in Endgame and in the uh, Infinity of the subsequent other ones? Or do you think she's only good? Or do you think the she's is- not good at either one? I don't buy her in the action. Okay. I think she's good in the acting and all that stuff, but I, when it comes down to the having to battle, yeah, she still looks like she's learning it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas you watch, she's my go-to reference, but Zoe Saldana can kick anyone's ass, and I fully believe it because she's so excellent at it. So true. 
Yeah. And just like, man, you were really good at this action stuff. Yeah. It's just some people, but she's also had more cracks at doing it. Yeah. Than Allison. So maybe in time, uh, the next one she'll gotten better and I'll be more on board. I'm not anti her or the movie. Right. Right. Um, it just, when I saw it in the theater, it's like, man, I really don't buy you doing the action and I like you a lot. <laughs> and I was rooting for you in this. I still like the movie overall, but I thought the other woman uh, who's, uh, Miss Marvel coming up, I thought she stole the movie. Oh yeah. Um, Wait, the young girl or the, the, the the other pilot, the mother? Yeah. That ends up in, um, uh, uh, the Scarlet Witch show. WandaVision. WandaVision. Right. That's not her. You know that, right? That's her daughter. The young girl in Miss Marvel is that girl grown up. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah. That's a different, different character, but that is her, her mom who we see, you know, in the picture in WandaVision there on the wall. That is her mom who was in Captain Marvel. Uh, that is my sure. confusion. Yeah, no, no, because it's set in the nineties, Captain Marvel. So, um, that's the understandable mistake there, man. Yeah. Um, what's her name? Tayona, is it Tayona? Oh no, Lashana Lynch, who was in the Bond movie recently in the, yeah. Time to Die. She's great as Maria Rambo. Yeah. And then Monica is, um, her daughter who we see in WandaVision. Uh, it's funny you can use people around too in that movie too. Like uh, Gemma Chan is in that movie, and now she's not the same character, but she's the lead of the Eternals in essence. So it's fascinating how even within their own MCU, they can use the same actor over again for another situation. Chris Evans, uh, right, right. Well, he wasn't in the MCU. He was in a fantastic- still a Marvel and a a big Marvel character yeah. to some degrees, Human, Human Torch. Torch. Yeah, and then. Yeah. Moving on to, well, but yeah. you know, this has happened. Michael B, same thing, right? Human Torch becomes a uh, killmonger in Black Panther. You could argue that too. Yeah. Uh, shit, we were just, uh, uh, talking about him. Full on blanking on his name, but he's Moon Knight. He was Apocalypse. Oh, Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Oscar the- Isaac. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then shit, wasn't he in another Marvel? Marvel? Movie? Thought he was in three. Yeah, maybe you're right. I can't think of it right now because I'm rusty as fuck out of the showdown. Yeah, because I know, like, I think Patton Oswalt holds the record for being in the most really? most Marvel products. Get well, out of here. like Eternals, and then Modok, and like he's got like a all the different projects. He's a voice in this. He's a, I think he's got five. Is Sucker Punch Marvel? Is that why they say he's no in Marvel? No way, that's Marvel. Uh, no, I only see Apocalypse. Annihilation. Turn his life itself. Spider-Man. Oh, Spider-Man, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah, he plays yeah. future Spider-Man. There right. you go. Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man 2099. Into the Spider-Verse. Right. right. Yep, yeah. there you go. So there's three Marvels for him. Okay, all right, fair enough. Yeah, I think Patton has the record with five. <laughs> Oh yeah, with Blade Trinity. Ugh, that fucking film. Yeah, you got Blade, you got Modoc, you got Eternals. Um There's one where he plays multiple of the same character, isn't there? Oh, I don't know. I'm looking I'm trying to click on his name. And IMD is IMDB is not letting me click on his name. Weird. 
Maybe such a big filmography. They can't fit it all. 228 credits as an actor. Holy fucking shit. That damn. This guy must be loaded for God's sakes. Well, I mean, don't you think the bulk of them are like his thing on Parks and Rec where he shows up for one episode? Yeah. You're, I'm sure you're right, dude. I would guess a hundred of those are that. 45 <laughs> of them are King, King of Queens. Oh, right. Although that would be listed under one, I guess. Right. So Blade Trinity seems to be the first one. This is a lot of, uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe the, I don't see a lot of them, but maybe, you know, there's other things. Cause obviously he was in that animated one on Hulu where it was Modoc. Yeah. Well, oh, that's DC, isn't it? Or is that Marvel? That's Marvel. Modoc. That's Marvel. Yeah. Mm, interesting. All right. I still love him as the penguin in those fucking Batman sketches. Jesus Christ, he's hilarious in that. Yeah, all right. I don't anyway. see too many of them, so. All right, um, so Captain Marvel, that was your, my eight, yeah. your ten. Yes, yes. So my nine is Dom Hemingway. Uh, that's a punt. Ooh, nice. Okay. And then my, that was my nine, rather. My eight is Black Sea, which is probably a punt. It's also a punt. Okay. I had a feeling. All right, let's go. What's your seven? Uh, my seven is probably a punt for you. Okay. Which is the talented Mr. Ripley. Yes, it is a punt. Yes, it is. What's um, your six? All right. Uh, my six yeah. is Road to Perdition. That's also a punt. What are you doing? I don't understand. I don't think you understood the assignment, man. Well, his part so. is smaller than that. So that's, that's how I came to that conclusion. Okay. My number seven is the first Sherlock Holmes. What are we doing here today? <laughs> I asked you that question. Is that a punt? That, that is a punt. Okay. Uh, then my number six is Cold Mountain. I haven't seen it, so go for oh, it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Really good part from, listen, you put, at the time, in my mind, you put Zellweger and Kidman in law in a movie. I'm like, I don't want to see this fucking affected thing. And eventually, years later, I saw it. And I was like, this is actually not bad. And the, the soundtrack is really fucking good. The music there is incredible with Alison Krauss and Sting and other people. But the store, but the performance of Jude Law here is really great. And what he's doing, trying to get back to Nicole Kidman and what her and um and Renee Zellweger are trying to do there to make it possible for that to happen and all the things he goes through. Um There's so much here in terms of the acting that I thought was really impressive from Jude Law. And he's not even the person they most talk about it when they talk about the movie. It's usually Kidman, Zellweger, and then, and then Law. But I think Law does an excellent job with the part that he's given and, Makes him a sympathetic guy, even though he's doing some, he does some stuff that's a bit, you know, troubling to watch. Uh, I think overall he's, um, just a great performance from him. Okay. And I don't know that he's done anything quite like it since or before. So I really liked, uh, what he did, you know, cause you gotta be invested in the story. And if you're not invested in the character he's creating, then you don't buy a his journey to get back and Kidman's affection for him. So. If you don't like the guy and they do kind of walk that line a little bit with some of the things he has to do, which I appreciate overall in the movie for sure. So that's why it's my number six and didn't make your list at all. 
yeah, I never saw it. And then looking over his IMDb, it's like, oh yeah, Cold Mountain. And I'm not going to, you know, watch it for this week. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll get to, I don't know. I remember like the lead yeah. up and its release. Yeah. And, uh, it just never grabbed me, but then it was up for awards. Yes. So yeah. It's like, yeah. Maybe I should watch this, but the trailer, the description, the, I remember the marketing campaign, none of it grabbed me. Yeah. So I, I just never got around to seeing it. And it's a good cast. I mean, Philip Seymour Hoffman's in this, Natalie Portman's in this, Giovanni Ribisi, Lucas Black, Donald Sutherland, Killian Murphy. There's a lot of people in this. Uh, Ray Winstone. And it was at the height of Weinstein's being able to get movies nominated for Oscars. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. And this was like them moving out of just doing indies. This was a slightly larger in scope film and it was. Yeah. Yeah. I remember all of the buildup and uh, I don't know. Yeah. Something about it just didn't speak to me. And then Gella, who did Talented Mr. Ripley and English Patient. Um, so yeah, who was of course passed on, unfortunately or sadly. Um, all right. So what's, uh, are we taking a break here, Matt? Are we going to take a break? Yeah. We'll take a quick break. And then we'll jump back into our top fives. So we'll see you guys in just a moment after we hear this word from our sponsors. All right, there we go. Nice. There are our bottom fives and our top fives are starting now at five. I've got Dom Hemingway. Dom Hemingway. Dom fucking Hemingway. Uh, cause I think my expectation level was next to nothing. Yeah. Didn't even know it was coming out and then uh, saw it and was like, you know, Good for Jude Law. This is kind of a somewhat a departure. Yeah. Massive Put on a little departure. bit of weight. Yeah. Uh, plays a guy that just got out of prison and for not ratting out his accomplice and he's trying to mend the relationship with his daughter. Yeah. Uh, who hates him because had he narked on the other dude, he could have been out and been there for her childhood and he elected to be a stand up guy. Yeah. And, uh, Basically, he gets out, and his world was supposed to be one way when he got out, and it starts to kind of shift and change. Mm -hmm. And he's always trying to rectify the uh, relationship with his daughter. And ultimately, yeah. that's kind of what the switcheroo is. Yeah. I like the ending. The ending's a nice little just coda to it. Yeah. yeah. Just walking down the street nice and quiet <laughs> after all the bluster and everything else that he's experienced. And yeah. just to end it on that. That was a, a good punctuation to the film itself. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, because Emilia Clark plays his daughter, the, mm -hmm. the, of course, the actress from Game of Thrones and other things. And their back and forth is, uh, what kind of grounds the movie. But I've never seen Jude Law play a character like this, as you said, such a great step out of what we are normally seeing Jude Law play, which are these more, revered or not revered reserved uh um performers reserved characters uh not prone to emotion necessarily and he is a, a live wire through this whole movie uh yeah experiencing some of the most insane shit that a person can experience but that moment when he comes out and kicks the shit out of his friend for having made moves on his wife or ex-wife like it is brutal and then the whole scene with Richard Grant and the car accident and all that nonsense. It's crazy, this whole film. And the the safe-cracking scene, he's like literally humping the fucking thing. It is such yeah. a balls-to-the-wall performance from Jude Law. It was great to see that, ha that he has this gear inside of him. 
overall, it's not that well constructed of a movie because there's some weird shit that happened that goes off the rails. You're like, why is it? Am I dealing with reality or, or a fantastical reality here? I don't know. That's why it's a little bit lower on my list, but the performance from Jude Law is incredible. Absolutely incredible. And you're right. That ending, actually a really sweet ending after all the madness of that movie. It has a nice sweet ending. I think it's a good counterbalance to everything else that happened previously. Mm. Yeah. Um, to see that maybe he'll be centered after all of this. Yeah. Right. Then maybe like finally. Yeah. It's kind of calmed it down. Yeah, yeah. He got the, the payday ish at the end there. Yeah. And that's enough to get him away from that world. Yeah. And, uh, kind of recenter. Yeah. Maybe. I think it's a, it's really good. It's worth a watch for sure. Absolutely. Um, all right. So that's your five. That is my five. So my five is Spy. Okay. Go for it. Yeah. I like him in this movie. He is, you know, as good as Melissa McCarthy is in the film and she is excellent and Rose Byrne as well. Um, Jude Law playing the suave debonair guy and then who makes the turn, right? I mean, it's just a brilliant moment to see him play a villain in the movie halfway through the movie and, do the villainous things that he does. So you're, you know, you're caught up in him being, wow, this, he actually could be a James Bond. You could see it happening in the first half of the movie. And then the switch there, which is really great, gives you a whole other level that he's playing, uh, that is fun to explore with him as well. Cause he's so fucking charming and you understand why Melissa McCarthy is so in love with him. And then when he makes the switch, why she's like constantly surprised it, doesn't want to accept it the whole back half of the movie. Until she's forced to do so. And look, Statham is great in the movie as well. But I really like what Jude Law has, does in the film. And I enjoy the film overall. I think, it's, again, it's one of these films that I absolutely thoroughly enjoy seeing whenever it's on. It's a comedy that totally works for me. I don't okay. Know. Maybe I need to give it a second chance. I couldn't get I couldn't get through it. I turned it off after like 20 minutes. Understood. Understood. Um, it's such a British film. Okay. I'm just throwing it out there. I, I just, uh, it was a, a whole bunch of fart jokes to open up. And then the rats, what were they shitting on the cake? What were they doing to the cake? <laughs> but there was no resolution or point to that yeah. other than the gross out humor of it. Yeah. And I figured that would somehow tie in and it didn't at yeah. all. And I was like, yeah. well, what's the fucking point of that? And it just kept doing that over and I was like, I'm good. <laughs> um, Right. But I am alone in my opinion. Yeah. Most people think it's one of, if not McCarthy's best. Oh, yeah. And Statham, it's good to see him. Yeah, he's hilarious in the film. Yeah, make a, a deviation from what you're assuming he always does. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's like the going against expectations. And I, I don't know. Yeah. I like her a lot. Uh, I just, the weird thing is, her comedy, her comedies are mostly missed for me. I love yeah. her in dramatic. I love her in dramatic. Yeah, that's fair. I told, I, I agree with you, man. Most of her comedies are actually misses, uh, especially because she works with her fucking husband who doesn't, who couldn't find anything funny if his life depended on it. Like, honestly, he's just not a good director and he's not a funny guy, you know? I think that's the crime. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, it's weird because I think she's funny to her core. Yeah. Agreed. A thousand percent. Like go watch her on SNL. Oh my God. I, I, 
It's so funny you bring that up. I, I've rewatched her Sean Spicer skits multiple it's times over the last few weeks. Iconic. Yeah. I mean, shoving the, uh, and the one where she's like riding the podium, like she out in the hot uh-huh. on the road, going to Trump's tower to confront him about being replaced. Genius. Absolute genius. The gum, the water gun, all of it. It's just so perfect. I think that's why you get Kate McKinnon playing Giuliani later on, having these women play the male characters I thought was genius. Well, yeah, for a number of reasons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, maybe I need to give Spy another ch- a chance. Maybe, maybe. Um, all right, what's your four, man? My number four is Contagion. Oh, uh, go ahead, man. Knock it out. I figured it'd be on your list. Not on there at all. No, not on there at all. It's um, not a film I gravitate to. That's why it's not because it's not a good film. It's just not one that I necessarily, you know, revere that much. But I know people do. So, so I put other movies of his lower on there because it's the ensemble and he is one mm. one part of this one. I elevated because he's kind of the different one. Mm, right. In the mix. Right, right, right. Everybody else is like on the CDC side or they're directly affected by the, like Matt Damon, directly affected or Gwyneth Paltrow, patient zero. Yeah. And he is the, initially the muckraking journalist that turns more fake news. Yeah. And just wants the clicks and the views and all that. But to show the other extreme. And now that we've been on through one of these. His piece is actually quite possibly the one that has the greatest effect on people outside of the virus itself mm. and those that are uh, working towards creating a vaccine because yeah. they influence more people, whether or not they intend to. So to see that part of the prognostication in the movie, I think it has yeah. even more of a resonance um, now. So that's why I elevated it up. It's just like, Wow. His small part in this actually now having lived through a worldwide pandemic right, has as great, if not a greater impact than yeah. a lot of the doctors that we should be paying attention to. That's fair. Um, so for that reason, and I think the movie is great. I think he's great in it. Yeah. And uh, watching it the first time I thought was like, uh, oh, that's an interesting part of the story. <laughs> but I didn't think it was, you know, an integral part. Right. And now having lived it going, nah, actually they, they could have fleshed that out a little bit more to be perfectly honest, considering how much all of us had to yeah. deal with that on a day to day. And That's then good. the outrage to whatever they bring in and then the outrage to the outrage. And yeah. then the, we got nothing else to do, but then just yell at each other online. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's pretty impressive. So yeah. kudos to everybody on that one. Fair enough. Um, all right. So the my number four is, uh, closer. Okay, go for it. I haven't yeah. seen that in so long. Oh man, listen, I love this play. This play is brutal, honest, raw, ugly, and incredible. And I remember seeing it in London when we were there studying in '98, and I was just blown away by that fucking play. And so when it's becoming a movie, I'm like, oh, this is great. And then you see that Julia Roberts is cast, I'm like, ah, man, fuck. But you see that Jude Law is cast, uh, is it no uh, Clive Owen and Natalie Portman. 
And they all deliver phenomenal performances. I think Julia is the one that's kind of not quite there. Um, but Jude Law's performance here is the kind of central character in the whole movie because he's the one that kind of initiates the coming together of all these people mm-hmm. um, in this uh, foursome. Uh, I, I think he's great. You know, the, the put upon journalist who is uh, having a crisis of confidence, who finds this connection with Natalie Portman's character, which ends up driving Clive Owen. Uh, well, he ends up having the affair with Julie Roberts that ends up driving Clive Owen crazy. So Clive tries to get back at him by trying to have an affair with Natalie Portman. Um, but which doesn't really affect Jude Law that much because he's just got his own compass that he's following here. The way he kind of navigates this film, he's here he, to me, he's the best part of the movie. And it's, as I said, it's a fucking great play. And the, the writing is there in the movie. They don't change much in the movie. But it, I think it's Jude Law is the one that really steps up to the plate, delivers the best performance of these and most um, correctly interpreted character of the four characters. Um, and so it elevates the film for me, where it would normally maybe wouldn't have, if he didn't quite bring it up to snuff with his performance, I think the movie would be farther down the list for me. But because he brings such power and uh, interesting choices and subtle movements, um, Emotionally within the movie, it's what makes it higher up on my list and number four. So, okay. Yeah. Maybe I need to see it again. It's been so long. I'm telling you, it's Julie is the, is the drawback in the film for me, but, and uh, Julie has still been be- delivered better performances and other things, especially recently, apparently. Um, but I don't, um, I just don't think she's up to snuff. She's not a theater actress. And so it's not her, it's not her thing. You know, you see her kind of struggling with these moments and the way the script is written in these moments that just like, yeah, you're not, you weren't up to snow. If I was Kate Blanchett, this would have been a fucking incredible movie. So, um, all right. What's your three? Uh, my number three is, uh, Sherlock Holmes game of shadows. That's my three. Um, yeah, I go back and forth between the two, which I prefer. Yeah. Yeah. It, it comes down to a mood. So my, List this time is this mood. Yeah. Uh, I know that the general consensus is it's not a good movie or it's mediocre. Yeah, I don't get that. I love me it. either. I think yeah. it's great. You built upon the world. And now you're bringing in Moriarty and he's yeah. the amount of influence that he has in orchestrating a world war is kind of believable. Yeah. Yeah. And I even like the ending of this, the ambiguity oh. of what happens setting up a third one. Yeah. Hopefully they get into that in the next one. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's really good. Yeah. It's kind of hard to top the first one for me. And yet on some level, yeah, depending on the day, I think it's better. Other days, I'll take the original. Yeah, I agree with you, right? Cause I mean, the, the Numi Rapace stuff is the stuff that gets a little wonky that I, I think bit. could keep people from 100% liking this movie but i think the i think the reason i put this one higher than the first one for me on my list is because jude law has more to do in this one um the stuff with his wife uh played by yellowstone's kelly riley i think her name is um and the yeah the, the pushing back on holmes even more strongly throughout the movie um that mo- his reaction is the audience's reaction when they go over the side moriarty and holmes and it's mm-hmm. great uh, so there's, a, I think he's more active in the second one, which is why I put this one a little bit higher. And I appreciate that. And I like that, that they let, you know, it's, yes, it's Robert Downey Jr., but you don't cast Jude Law as a secondary character and not let him have 
you know, real time to shine. And I think they understood this was a two hander, so to speak in the, in the sequel. And they had to take advantage of Drew Law being there as Watson to give him more to do. And they did. And I thought it was great what he did all throughout the whole movie. Yeah. They create more of somewhat of an equal footing between the two of them. Yes. Yes. It's still Holmes running the show and Watson is understanding of that, but he doesn't look down on Watson. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Holmes is aware of how integral Watson is to his shit. Now. Yeah. yeah. And the things that he is good at versus what Holmes is good at. Right. 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 Uh, Holmes is just better at detective work mm-hmm. and what a lot of these things delve into the stories. And I would argue we haven't seen that only, I think only really one other time is elementary where they're kind of on equal footing. I don't think Martin Freeman and. Yeah, I don't Cumberbatch think him and Cumberbatch, no. Yeah, I don't think they're on equal footing in Sherlock, but I think in elementary, uh, Lucy Liu and Johnny Lee Miller yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. But it's really uh, good. And, and you're right, man. That ending when they're playing the chess and he's doing the visualization thing. And then when mm-hmm. he kind of completely, um, undercuts Moriarty by not going the way he thinks he's going to go, it's brilliant. And they look, they have between each other and the, the quickness with which they go over. Genius, fucking genius by Guy Ritchie, man. It works so well. It's not drawn out. It's not that's shocking. Yeah. I even love uh, the Stephen Fry. Oh, yes. Minecraft. As a brother. Yes. Yeah. Minecraft, <laughs> such a great, when I saw him, I was like, ah, I always love Stephen Fry. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. just has a likability that's it's pretty hard to match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but even that, yeah. So like, uh, I just rewatched. Not because of this, mm. but like a week ago or a week and a half ago, the first one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, cause I hadn't seen it forever, but I think the like six or eight months ago, I watched Game of Shadows. Mm. I think it really comes down to whichever I'm in the mood for. Lately, I've been more in the mood for the first one. Yeah. yeah but yeah. if we did this in a year's time, I might put Game of Shadows higher. And I, yeah. upon looking up, you know, his filmography to see most people thought it was blah. I'm like yeah. what? Yeah, that was surprising. It really what is. What movie did you see? Yeah. There are quite a few people too. I mean, in, even in my sphere, I see some people kind of put it down. I'm like, I, I don't understand, you know? So, um, all right. So what's your two? My two is Black Sea. Wow. Matt. Woof. Okay. Come on. It's excellent. It's excellent. It is a good movie. It is an excellent movie. Yeah. But you really, I mean, so long as you're into submarines. <laughs> Which I am. I love that as a disclaimer. Well, it should be I on mean, the poster. If you're in the submarines, this is your movie. I mean, I think you could not be into, but the tension of having to be in that world is yeah, a yeah, very yeah. specific oh, yeah. type of movie. Totally, absolutely agree with you. So yeah. you need to like that, and they're they're trying to get Nazi gold. Yeah. That has been marooned on the bottom of the ocean. And if they don't get it now, it's going to slip over this trench yeah. and go into an area that they'll never see it again. And it's a boatload of money and yeah. how everybody kind of turns on themselves when greed begins to set in. It is really believable. Yeah. And yeah. you get a menacing performance from Mendelssohn. Yes. Yeah. Which you could say oh. in a lot of movies, but it's really believable. And the weird thing is, uh, starts off, you hate him, and then you kind of like, hey, it's, you know, it's not so bad, technically <laughs> speaking here. All things considered, the way everything shakes out, and be like, maybe Mendelssohn wasn't the worst. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jude Laws, it's always, he plays someone that's kind of, uh, doesn't want to go back to this world. And this is kind of one last score. Yeah. So he doesn't have to do this anymore. Right. And, you know, you go on this journey to figure out if this score is going to be enough to get him out or not. Yeah. And what the sacrifice of doing, living a life like this has led to the collateral damage in his personal life. And then what kind of damage that could project outwards for the future. Right. Right. Um, do my best not to spoil here (laughs) because most people have not seen this movie. It did nothing at the box office. And, uh, I would imagine most gloss over it on when they scroll through his filmography. And I think it's really good. I think you should see it. I agree with, I agree with Matt. I agree with Matt and everything he said. It's, it's a damn good movie. I just think it's overall, it's, I don't know. I just think these other films are a little more well constructed, a little more bigger in terms of their scope. So, um, sure. That's why I have it lower, but you know, you're making me rethink things. Maybe I'll move it up higher by the end of, by the time we put this thing together. So we'll see. Uh, my two is the pun from earlier, talented Mr. Ripley. I just like him in the movie. I, I, and this is the, you know, he's Dickie Greenleaf. You know, he's like just the pampered guy, but he's got this charm and this charisma to him. It's such an uh, introduction to Jude Law. You know, this is Jude Law in his young prime, man. He looks so good. Oh, yeah. In this movie. And can't think know, of a thing that he was in before this. Right. Yeah. And you look at him, you're like, wow, like this is, who is this guy? Right. And then, and then, um, when he makes that turn on Matt Damon and fucking berates him and all the stuff he does. And then when he's getting killed, the kind of desperation when it's happening is really powerful too. So mm-hmm. I just enjoy him a lot in this movie. And because it's his, I think it's the first film that, you know, really kind of brought him to prominence. I moved it up higher in my, in my list because I think it's, it's the one that, kind of announced to everybody, hey, this is a guy who's going to be working for quite some time. Y'all need to get used to it, you know? And I just thoroughly enjoy him in the movie. And the way he's in control in a lot of these scenes of the interactions, even while he's having, like, these moments with Matt Damon's character and these moments where, you know, they're being friends, there's a sin- there's like this little extra sinister side of things right on the edges that he's playing that I think is really good. Mm-hmm. Um and this, he knows where Matt Damon's character lies on the social strata with him. And he's allowing him to be around. Yeah, he's toying with him. He's toying with him. Yes. The whole time he's essentially toying with him because he thinks yeah. at any point he could just yank the string. In the yeah. Head. He's a fun play thing. And then once that play thing gets boring and dull. Yeah. He just wants to cast him aside and, uh, Damon has other plans. <laughs> to say the least. Uh, you know, yeah. he has certain ideas that, uh, yeah. Yeah, I just put it lower because Jude is huge in it, but I think of it yeah. as a Damon kind of tour de force yeah. almost performance. Yeah, that's fair. Uh and I also don't I don't go back to rewatch it. It's nothing against it. It's just like I've seen right. it. Right. And I'm good. Which do you prefer? Gwyneth Paltrow reacting to Dickie Greenlee and finding out what happened in this movie? Or contagion Gwyneth Paltrow when she realizes she's gonna die? Which is the better reaction? Well, I think Contagion was more satisfying because we, she had already gooped it up. 
by the time Contagion came around. You know, couldn't remember that she had done a movie with Sam Jackson, even though Sam Jackson is the linchpin of the Marvel yeah. universe outside of Robert Downey Jr. And just like, I don't know, those of us that follow a lot of the movies that she's in and she's part of our lives, to see her dying in Contagion was like, nah, that's kind of satisfying on some level. <laughs> I don't wish her ill like that. Of course not, of course not, of course not. Uh... But I mean, what a, what a, what, this Paltrow family is an interesting family, Matt. We've come out of well, week say the least. I mean, there's a lot of grifting in that family. And I would argue Goop is a bit of grifting itself. It's not a snake oil salesman. Yeah. There's snake yeah. oil. That's better. There's snake oil salesman. Goop is a snake oil. I mean, the fucking whatever that is for the kegels that the jade egg. Yeah. The egg. Um, the vagina candle that's like a, somehow the, at the, would it, some it's some some actual actual part of something to do with the vaginas in the candle or something. That's ridiculous. And then you have the Bruce. We find out uh, her uncle, you know, all the tax fraud that he committed and the yeah. cancer charity. And now Rebecca Newman, her cousin, being a part of WeWork, which was a big old uh, scam as well. So yeah, just crazy. Just was it a scam or was it just a flawed business idea? I have not seen this week's. Okay, all right. But it seems more like just an inherently flawed. The guy that keeps pulling. Edwards aside, yeah, at the investment firm, and was like, Cameron, yeah, why does this make sense? Yeah, please explain to me the English guy. <laughs> yeah, he's great, Cameron. Yeah, please explain to me. I think that's the business of oh, we need to keep growing until eventually we are the market, and be like, even if you do that, this is unsustainable. Yeah, but I mean, in the movie or in the show, rather, she is, you know. Um, how can I, she plays victim when it's convenient and then, yeah, of course, and then, uh, plays snooty a-hole when it works for her. Yeah. When yeah. America cuts oh. her down, that was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Oh, it was great when she, yeah. You exist. are nothing. Yeah. Your husband is the entire, he has the shine. He has the magic. Yeah. Yeah. You are nothing. And she just destroyed and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems about right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um but yeah. So snake oil salesman. Oh, maybe. Um, all right. So what's your one? My one is the first Sherlock. Oh, That's okay. One from you earlier. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Um, yeah, those are two of my faves of his. Yeah. Huge part of them. Um, re just rewatched it the other day. I'm going to rewatch it. Really good. Did you talk this way? Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. You bumping that contagion up? Is that what you're doing? The contagion's not even all. <laughs> should bump it up. You should bump it up. <laughs> Uh, that and the uh, Naomi Watts movie. I think both of those should make your list. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's – yeah, all right. Two, two thumbs up, man. I don't know. That's the best review you're ever going to get for that. Um, right. I made my adjustments. Go ahead. Yes. To take two characters that we already know and known for a long time and yeah, see yeah. various iterations of it, and they both made them their own, but – uh, on some level, mm -hmm. I was almost slightly more impressed with Jude's because Watson has always been like a, I don't, I don't really care if you're there or not. Right. I just want to focus on Holmes. And he made such a great counterpart to Sherlock that I really wanted to see them charge into every situation together. Yeah. And I, I didn't mind it if they were doing things solo, but I more thoroughly enjoyed it when yeah. they were doing it as a team. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a better expression of what was initially, initially intended through all the stories of yeah. you need the two individuals as a complementary force. 
yeah. in all these. Yes, Sherlock's going to get all the shine, but when you see like you know what Watson brings to the table, which is someone who's capable and can hold themselves in a fight, he has the intellect, but his mind doesn't work the same way as Holmes. Is putting yeah. together like all these disparate pieces to find things. Yeah, uh, but he provides a stability that Holmes desperately needs. Yeah. Because without him, he would just spin off and end up like probably a hermit withdrawn in his own world. Yeah. Um, and forcing him into change and confrontation, I think, is ultimately good for Holmes. And you need someone like Jude Law to bring the strength of Watson's character to life in order yeah. for you to see, ah, it makes more sense when they're butting heads kind of dynamic and pushing one another. Yeah. 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 I think for me uh... – <sighs> The first movie, he's a complimentary character who constantly, who, I guess for the majority of the film, he kind of goes along with what Holmes is doing. And I feel that there's more battles in the second film, which is why I put it higher on my list. Um, but it doesn't mean he doesn't have those moments with Holmes where he's calling him out for certain things. Um, are you trying to have your cake and eat it here? Eat it too here? Kind of a little bit. Maybe I've got nothing yeah. to say. Maybe you're, you're talking right. a little bit. So that's fine if you prefer the one over the oh, other. It's cool. No, you're right. God damn it. All right, fine. I'll take my lumps. I'll take but your number one is, it's an excellent movie. Thank you. Thank you. Road to Perdition. It's awesome. He's just so memorable in the films. And look, you've got Tom Hanks in this movie. No one else should be memorable. <laughs> when I would say this much. Daniel Craig is forgettable. Yes. Sometimes you forget Paul Newman's in this movie too. Oh, you get the fuck out of here. You forget Paul I Newman's in this how film. Far I could go. I just no. To... Daniel Craig, a hundred percent, because for the longest time, I didn't even know that was somebody <laughs> until he became Bond. Yeah. Cause I hadn't seen layer cake or anything else, but, <laughs> uh, his part is just so small. That's why I had yeah. it lower. Yeah. It is indelible and he is creepy as hell. Yes. Especially when the, the, the crime scene photograph, the first one he's taken, the dude's not dead. Yeah. Oh. So it, good. It is. It's excellent. And it gives you, without saying a word, it tells you everything you need to know about that character. Yep. Yep. It's really well done. Yeah. 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 So. I, and I, I just, I like his performance in the movie. And look, the movie, I know a lot of people's not, not everyone's favorite movie, but I think he's an essential part of that movie. You have to believe that this thing coming after him is relentless, right? I mean, he handles Paul Newman, uh, halfway through the movie, a little over halfway through the movie and his henchmen, but it's this one guy that is relentless and is the one guy that ends up catching up to him. There has to be because. Without him, Michael gets away, or uh, um, Tom Hanks' character gets away, and he shouldn't get away because he's a hitman. Yeah. And so the comeuppance is there. It's a noble comeuppance, but it wouldn't happen without this guy just overcoming all kinds of shit to be in that position to possibly get the best of Tom Hanks and his son. And I love that. He's just a just dog through all the glasses, the scars in his face, all of that. It's just such a brutal performance from Jude Law. You know, this he's cold in a way that you've never seen him in anything else. Yeah, he's beyond uh, cold, that. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks almost inhuman. Yes, like when you look, right. inhuman, yes. Yeah, when you look into his eyes, it's the black doll's eyes. 
of a great white. You're like, yeah, no, like, yeah it's, it's, there's yeah. no soul behind it. Yeah, exactly. Which is not an easy thing to do. No, especially for someone as good looking as he is and just like flashes charm somewhat mm-hmm. effortlessly. Yeah. Yeah. To go fully against that grain. Yeah. And good for Mendez, you know, casting. Yeah. Great. Get oh that. my God. Yes. A thousand percent. Um, all right. Well, there you go. There's our separate lists for the top 10. I'm going to yank out the drums here as we put this stuff together. Mm, guys, that is a euphemism if I've ever heard one. And he is, he doesn't have his headphones in. So, uh, what do you think yank out the drums means in John's world? I guess we'll find out in a minute here, but I'm guessing it is some pretty kinky stuff. And then once he puts those headphones on, we're going to act like we didn't have this discussion. Clock is ticking though. He hasn't done it yet and done. All right. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, so I moved, um, Sherlock Holmes to five, Black Sea to seven. That's the moves I've made here. Okay. Um, well, let's see. You've, I've got so, all right. So Sherlock Holmes is at five. Yes. All right. So that would make Sherlock number one. Okay. And Road to Perdition number two. Okay, that's fair. All right, you said Black Sea at seven? Yeah. Uh, that's two, but we have Game of Shadows. I have it at three. Yeah, we both have it at three, so I think Game of Shadows is number three. Okay. And two, two sevens gotta beat anything else we have. Where do you have Ripley? Two. Oh, so we got a two seven versus a two seven. Ooh. Uh, flip a coin. What's the other two seven? Holmes? Black Sea. Oh, Black Sea. You said you moved that up to seven, right? You flip a coin over that and tell to Mr. Ripley. Okay. Well. Yep. Yeah, I will. Five dollars in a film made for seven million with incredible cinematography. Black Sea is gorgeous cinematography, is it not? You know what? Those it's underwater shots. Like it's you a, see the mud, the detritus on the bottom, you believe that they're down there. Good on you. Most people don't point that out. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, look at that. Talk shit, get hit. Black Sea. Son of a bitch. Ridiculous. All right, keep going. All right, so that means talent to Rip, Mr. Ripley is number five. Okay. Uh, we both have. Dom Hemingway and Captain Marvel. And I think that's the last of our commonality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Dom Hemingway is my number nine. Captain Marvel is my five. So I guess if it's your five, we move it up, right? It should be next, then I imagine. Five nine is still in contention because it's five. Um, do you just want to do your next highest at this point? Then we can do. Um, so Perdition's there. Ripley is there. Game of Shadows is there. So then. Closer is my four. Oh, look at that. My number four is Contagion. Uh-oh. All right. How many spots we got left? Uh, we have four spots left. Seven, eight, nine, and ten. All right. Let's do uh, it. We'll, we'll do closer there because I won the last coin flip. Okay. Fair enough. That's very kind of you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Why don't we do Captain Marvel at number nine? Okay. And then we have one spot left. Okay. And, uh, What's your highest available? Mine is number nine. Spy it is. Wow. Nice. All right. Are we ready? Yep. The top 10 Jude Law movies. Yeah. At number 10. 
Spy. At number nine. Captain Marvel. At number eight. Contagion. At number seven. Closer. At number six. Dom Hemingway. Dom fucking Hemingway. At number five. The Talented Mr. Ripley. At number four. Black Sea. At number three. Game of Shadows, or Sherlock Holmes' Game of Shadows. Number two, Road to Perdition. And our number one Jude Law movie is? Is Sherlock Holmes. Hello. Elementary, my dear Watson. Sherlock Holmes, baby. Nice stuff. Nice stuff. Okay. There you uh, go. There's our top ten Jude Law movies. Uh, there it is. We are done. Hopefully uh, Fantastic Beast is good. If you guys enjoy it, let us know. Yeah, we'd love to hear it. And uh, if you would uh, like to uh, interact with us, you could do that on Twitter at Top Ten Show, all spelled out. Otherwise, you could do it on Instagram or YouTube. It's forward slash the Top Ten Podcast with the number ten. And uh, we'd love to see you at any of those. And if you'd like to become a patron, head over to Patreon dot com forward slash the Top Ten. Yeah, and uh, hit us up. Uh, and you can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost. If you want some more uh, sweet, sweet movie action from me, check out Settle the Score. Uh, or if you want some uh, NBA discussion, check out Dropping Dimes. You can get those anywhere you get podcasts or on YouTube. So uh, that is it for me. There you go. Uh, for me, you can follow me at the Roca Says on Twitter and on Instagram uh, and TikTok. Uh, the Outlaw Nation on Twitch. Doing a lot more on Twitch. So come and follow me there as well. Uh, and uh, my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash John Roca Says, for all your entertainment content going on on the YouTube channel. Some new shows. Uh, one new show is going to be announced soon um, uh, to add to the lineup with another heavyweight co-host. So I'm looking forward to announcing that very soon. So come be a part of all of that and my other podcast as well, the uh, Cinephiles and the Geek Buddies out there, the Nerd Pals as uh, Matt likes them. Dork dudes. Dork dudes. There you go. <laughs> Dork dudes. All right. Uh, all right. Thank you all so much uh, for enjoying another episode of uh, the Top Ten. We love you madly and uh, we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode here. From those of us at the top 10, take care, peace. Ooh.